fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile What's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Here to give you my top 10 waiver wire pickups of week five. Welcome on in. There are definitely some big names here at the top, really throughout. I like all 10 of these pickups. I think every single one of them belongs in a roster in 12-man leagues. So come check them out. Figure out how much fab to spend on all of them. And of course, if you're catching the Fantasy Fullback Dive, our podcast version of this, the next morning, and you're like, well, I wish I had this yesterday. Just know we're live every Tuesday right around 7 p.m. My apologies on the five-minute delay tonight. Had a couple quick technical difficulties, but we are here. We are live, and as always, I'm going to start with a few higher rostered options that might not be out there in your leagues as the audience is building to make sure you double-check these guys. Some of them have been hate-cut in the last couple weeks, and I think they should be on rosters. Beginning with Naeem Hines. Definitely saw him get cut across a few different leagues, and we now have Jonathan Taylor most likely missing this Thursday game, a quick turnaround with that high ankle sprain. Is Hines going to be the feature back? Maybe, maybe not. Now, we look at the preseason. That's really the only usage we have across the last two years without Taylor in the lineup. Hines was the every down back with the first team offense. I do think Frank Reich will use him kind of like an Austin Eckler light. There might be a Deion Jackson sighting. Maybe Philip Lindsay gets in there for a few carries. But I imagine Hines will absorb about 15 to 20 touches against a pretty good Broncos defense. But they have been much more susceptible on the ground. Look no further than last week when Josh Jacobs put up over 30 fantasy points on these guys. Now, I don't think Hines would have even close to that type of performance. But in a pass-happy attack... With no Jonathan Taylor, I could see him running 30 to 40 routes, seeing maybe 8 to 10 targets with those high percentage throws. This could be the breakout week. So if Naeem Hines is out there, we've seen him also get behind his blockers well at the goal line. Could be a nice, viable week five plug and play for those that need it. If you're missing Jonathan Taylor, you're missing Javante Williams. Another running back out there in a bunch of leagues you should go check for is Raheem Mostert. Three straight weeks now, he is out-touched. Chase Edmonds, who I think is by far the better running back, but still doesn't matter if that's not what the team believes. And this week four was the most drastic out-touching yet. 15 carries, 69 yards, two catches, and 12 yards on 72%. That's a running back one type of workload snap share here with Edmonds just managing five carries, two catches. He did haul in one touchdown, but only 28% of the snaps, a dwindling workload. I don't know why, because Edmonds, again, looks better every single time he touches the rock, but it does seem like this coaching staff greatly prefers Raheem Mostert. So go check him out again. 46 to 19 snap differential between Mostert and Edmonds. A big gap there. He's taken over. And last but not least, coming off the IR most likely this week is Brian Robinson. I don't think, like unlike these other top two I gave you, I don't think you just plug him right into your lineups. It's been a while since we saw the preseason when he was dominant, had actually taken over the starting role for Antonio Gibson, given how good he was playing, just a bowling ball of a rusher. That's also pretty dangerous in space as a receiver. If there's ever going to be a three down back on this team, it was looking like Brian Robinson. Of course, we all know he got shot, but now he's coming back. So that's just another like superhuman what's going on every single Sunday stream. I've been mentioning this guy, go stash him, go stash him, go stash him. Still out there in nearly half of leagues, and now he's about to be coming back. Again, don't think he's immediately usable, but down the stretch run, I think this guy is going to take over the starting role, going to prove more valuable than Antonio Gibson. That's what the team seemed to want in the preseason. Should not be out there in over half of leagues. Definitely a talent. I'm very excited to see what he does coming into the week. So those are the first few guys. Go out there. Check if they're out there. Uh, but there's definitely some names right at the top of this list that I might even prefer more than them. So we get into those guys that are 50% or less rostered. That thumbs up button would be so greatly appreciated. Wolfpack likes, shares, retweets, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at. Heart buttons, all that good stuff. It helps us grow. We continue to skyrocket this year. We've been 
growing the back by a hundred a week or so on YouTube. It's been awesome to see. We're so excited to see you continue to grow. Continue to please. If you like what you're hearing, we're live four times a week. That subscribe button is so greatly appreciated. Let's get into all these wave wire pickups now. Starting at the top, if you caught our Sunday recap show, we do it every Sunday at 7.45 p.m., then you saw me already rave about who I consider a potential league winner, the guy you have to go out and get this week. 20, maybe 30% of your fab, maybe even more if you believe in him as much as I do. That's George Pickens. I think he's worth your number one waiver claim if you've been sitting on it and you want a potential league winner. I think it is George Pickens. Has a monster day, six of eight targets, 102 yards. Finally, finally seeing him start to get unleashed. And what was the difference? We all know at this point, Kenny Pickett coming in and taking over in the second half. That's where we saw Pickens take a 33% snap share as he has deserved all year. That was far more than Claypool, than Deontay Johnson. Neither saw more than two targets from Kenny Pickett. Now, I do think with the game plan and whatnot, we'll definitely see Deontay Johnson at least get some more work. But Pickett to Pickens, you just already hear the beautiful alliteration to it. I know that's not why we make fantasy pickups, but ultimately we've seen this so many times dating back to let's think AJ Brown a couple seasons ago when Tannehill took over, he had his guy that he'd been practicing with that he felt comfortable with. We saw AJ Brown as a rookie, then go crazy for top 12 numbers. We got the talent with Pickens. Anybody with eyeballs has seen some of the catches this guy made, especially this week where 71 of his yards came from Pickett in the second half who loved to target him, loved targeting him deep downfield. In fact, the average depth of target for Pickett in this game was 13.2. That's exactly what we wanted to see after Trubisky just shitting himself all over the field, just dinking and dunking, not playing aggressively at all, not letting his receivers go up and make plays. That's what Pickens does best. I still think he has maybe the most talent of all these rookies. And I mean, we're seeing Olave go crazy. We're seeing Drake London. I think Pickens is right in that class with these guys. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him start putting up numbers that rivals them now that he's got a quarterback willing to go to him. 5.92 yards per route run in the second half when he had Kenny Pickett throwing to him. And to talk about Pickett himself, my number nine pickup of the week, the only quarterback I have on this list, as mentioned, pushing the ball downfield, showing some rushing upside as well with two rushing touchdowns, not afraid to take the game into his own hands and score. We saw Mike Tomlin after the game said he has no reservations about Pickett's ability to run at the stripe. He said he praised his willingness to flee the pocket and make things happen on his own. He's made the starter the rest of the year. Now it is going to be a tough schedule here uh, for these first few weeks. We got Buffalo, the lowest points allowed to quarterbacks. You're not using Pickett this week. In fact, if he sucks, I wouldn't just got him because everybody has sucked against Buffalo so far this year. Gets Tampa Bay next week, much more susceptible to the pass this year. 23rd in terms of points allowed. Not a great matchup, but we just saw you know Mahomes completely exploit him. Now I'm not saying Pickett will do that, but not a matchup you have to absolutely avoid. Miami, the first good matchup he gets, those second most points allowed, two quarterbacks. Philly, New Orleans, also bottom 10, as is Cincinnati, 29th. So five of his next six matchups are against bottom 10 matchups, like tough, tough, tough teams. So it might be rough early sledding, but to end the year, Atlanta, 10th most points allowed. Baltimore, twice, fourth most points allowed. The Raiders, third most points allowed. So four of his final top five matchups are against bottom, like easy top 10 matchups for quarterbacks. I do think he'll hit him stride. He's got multiple weapons. He loves to pass it aggressively. And this is an offense, even with a corpse of Big Ben, fourth, first, and first in pass attempts the last three years with Ben. So plenty of volume. I love what I saw from the kid. He's aggressive. I know three interceptions look horrible, but only one of them was really his fault. One Claypool should have gone up and gotten more. Again, Pickens. He'd get that ball. think that's going to play into him getting more more targets too. The, se- the second one was an interception on a final Hail Mary type play. I'm not going to hold that against him. One was a bad play overall, but every single other one was a completion. 10 of 13. The ball never touched the ground for Getty Pickett, even though three of them you'd want back. Just nice, solid overall play. Good upside for the quarterback position. So two QB leagues and even one QB leagues. If you've fallen to some injuries, definitely look for Kenny Pickett, but first and foremost is George Pickens, who I think could go on a dominant stretch run again. Want to continue to reiterate 
Love this player. Love the quarterback that's now going to be slinging to him. Not far behind, though, for me this week is Michael Gallup. I've been talking about him for three straight weeks. He's still only 41% rostered. This is your final call. He's back out on the field. We saw him score a touchdown, 24 yards and a score. Everybody's now seen him play, and now everyone's going to be scrambling to get him. So hopefully, again, every broadcast, go get him, go get him, go get him. Hopefully you already have him. You don't have to worry about bidding. But if you didn't, I think he's well worth $25, $30 of your money. 85% route participation in his first action back. Beautiful to see. Now only 9% target share. Yeah, you hope you see a little bit more. But the fact that he's out there running nearly all the routes is really all I want to see. The fact that he scores a touchdown too, just kind of gravy on top. Remember, the last time Gallup was the wide receiver two in this offense when C.D. Lamb was not here, but Amari Cooper was, he was the wide receiver 18 in fantasy points per game, wide receiver 18 in air yards, 51% of his games. He was top 24. He had four games of 22 or more points dating back again. That was 2019 when we saw him serving as the number two wideout. I think he's a lock for top 30 numbers. It was great to see him look fluid, look every bit, maybe a little bit slower than what we've seen in the past, but shaking so much rust off. I thought he looked phenomenal for what I was expecting. I think the route share, again, 85% already. I think the target share is going to start going up, and Dak might be back as early as this week. We will see. They're saying there's a real chance he's in. Even if not, it will probably be week six at the latest. So I love Michael Gallup. I think you're getting yourself a low-end wide receiver two, an elite wide receiver three for the rest of the season, and that's very rare to have on your waiver wires, so go get him while the going's hot, folks. My number three pick up another one. As I talk about, I really do like the top handful, and I down the list, all 10 of these guys are worth some consideration, but number three, Rashad White, 27% rostered. He's been going down in roster percent. You have to be holding on to this guy just for the handcuff value alone. He should not be on any waiver wires. But now we're getting some standalone usage that could make him a genuine threat for your flex every week. Three carries, six yards, didn't look great, but the touchdown did. He actually got nearly every single goal line snap ahead of Letty Fordette this week. I don't know if that's going to be a trend that continues, but either way, it will give him Rashad White weekly upside for a touchdown but most importantly, the receiving work. That's why we were loving this guy in the first place. Remember, dating back to college, his receiving metrics, some of these efficiency and yards per route run and, and target shares and all that stuff you love to see from a college back on the par with Christian McCaffrey, with Alvin Kamara, with Austin Eckler. Like He's in the top six with some of these elite names and all these metrics. I love the kid, and we saw it. Five catches, 50 yards, looking smooth as all hell. you got to imagine you know, Lenny Fournette. Like, yes, it's going to be a hit to his fantasy stock. Maybe not a huge one if he's seeing 65 70% of the snaps still. But they're going to want to save playoff Lenny, keep him fresh, assuming they're even in the playoff hunt the way that season's going. That's a story for another day, though. Rashad White as a receiver is definitely the most viable way to get Lenny a breather, and he looked phenomenal. It's just, again, so much smoother, no drops. Uh, definitely going to be pushing for those receiving snaps, running 18 routes to 28 for Lenny, but seeing five targets compared to seven for Lenny. Uh, so again, league winning upside, if anything ever happens to Fournette, who has not made it through a full professional season his entire career, that he's missed three plus games in four of his five seasons. So if and when we get White starting, we're talking about a top six running back. But now you have a guy that you could potentially even plug into your flex in the meantime, should be on every single waiver wire pickup list at the top of it. 25% fab is well worth it, in my opinion, for a guy that you can use in your bi-week crunches and, again, would win you weeks if and when something happens to Lenny Fournette. Thank you again so much. I'm seeing a lot of thumbs up come in. That means so appreciated. tells me you like what you're hearing. So great. Thank you, Wolfpack. I do greatly appreciate it. Let's move on to the Bills. Again, any pieces that are going to see meaningful work with Josh Allen are always going to be worth your attention. Somehow Isaiah McKenzie is still out there in over half of leagues. The thing is, is he did get concussed potentially this week, left the game in the third quarter with a head injury, was having himself a nice effort though. Six targets, four catches, 21 yards and a score before heading out. Marked a touchdown in three out of four games. A solid target share. Once again, was on pace for over 10 targets. Looked really solid, and he's become this goal line kind of move around guy that uses that quickness to really get off the line and, and score to get wide open touchdowns in multiple weeks now, three out of four weeks. Even more so, that would boost his stock. Jamison Crowder was carted out 
suffered reportedly a broken ankle. We'll figure out how long exactly he's going to be out, but the team labeled it indefinite, might move to the IR. So that's the thing that was kind of holding McKenzie back from true every single week viability. The fact that it was about a 55-45 split with Jamison Crowder. So now that slot role could be entirely his for the next few weeks if he is healthy. Now, if he's not, if he's going to miss at least this week, you have to give a look right around my fringe. The next man up to have an honorable mention on my wave wire list is Khalil Shakir, a talent I love. Couldn't believe he fell to round five. Such a smooth route runner, can do the whole three, good deep, but especially good in the intermediate and short game. Perfect, perfect slot fit. For this Bills team, we saw it all preseason. Eight catches on eight targets, 151. Those sure hands get 18.9 yards per route. Like very, very solid uh, metrics here for Khalil Shakira in the preseason. And he comes right in, plays 15 snaps, targeted on two of them because he just gets open. And he hauls them both for 23 yards. Not a huge statistical day, but the fact that, again, commanded targets immediately. Josh Allen, very comfortable going right to him as soon as he plays the first time he's been active all season. You'll just love to see a nice talent already performing in his first action. Should he be in for Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder both out this week? They're facing the Steelers who have given up. It's like a landslide how many points they give up to the slot receiver. That's where Shakir would be playing. So as a dart throw type of fill-in, if both those guys are out, I love Shakir as a one-week play. And if he thrives, I mean, they, the Bills have shown if somebody's dominating, we're going to keep riding it out. It took Gabe Davis to get onto the field last year, but once he was there and started performing, Emmanuel Sanders never got that starting role back. Could happen with Khalil Shakir. Again, it's the Bills offense. Any piece of it that could be viable, you want. I'd like to stream him this week. Love him in DFS this week. I don't even know what his price is, but I'll be puppering him in there. Definitely a viable play. But for the season, Isaiah McKenzie, definitely the preferred option here, given what we've already seen from him. Now, one of the most searched topics of the week will likely be the Atlanta backfield. What do we do with this with Cordell Patterson on the IR out for four games at least? Who's going to be taking over? My initial reaction is I don't know that any of them are actually going to be viable. But for some reason, my gut's telling me Tyler Algier really has some upside. 20% 20% rostered. I would spend about 15 to 18% of my fab to go get the kid. I liked what I saw in the preseason. Churner, not exciting, but just falls forward, always getting yards. And we saw that this week. 10 carries for 84 yards. Hauls in the only running back to get a target outside of Coral Passion. Hauls it in for 20 yards. Broken tackles. Looks great. In fact, out of his 84 yards, 44 of them came after contact. Just a nice little bullish effort from this guy. Uh, and ultimately played 44% of the snaps, by far the team high at the running back position. So he seemed to be the next man up, seemed to be the first one out there, and all he did was perform well with it. Granted, Caleb Huntley also saw 10 carries. It was kind of interesting, 10 straight rushes. Caleb Huntley was a bowling ball. Don't forget this guy, 1,713 yards, 18 touchdowns in his final 15 games at Ball State. I saw a couple comparisons out there from Roto World, like Maurice Jones-Drew vibes. Anybody I talk puts Maurice Jones do in a sentence by tugging at my heartstrings. Loved that player for so long with such a fantasy stud. That's what Huntley's built like that short little compact bowling ball. And he ran like it. So, I mean, if you don't get Algier, you don't want to spend 25 bucks. Maybe you stash Huntley and see if this guy who did out carry him in the preseason gets more of the work. He definitely is viable at the stripe of goal line bulldozer. And again, they went to him 10 straight times and just drove them down the field and, and scored. So Huntley can also get it done. That's why I'm not like sprinting to get Algier. But I really think they're rookie this year. I think the team's going to give him the first crack at it and see if he can get done. Now, I've also seen the tweets. Damian Williams, let's not forget about him, right? And that's viable too. The guy was the starter entering the year, even with Patterson healthy. They had him out there for the first few snaps. Now, he didn't last more than a handful before he got hurt. So uh, let's wait till we crown him as the king and heir apparent here to the backfield. Because I really think if Algier performs well, They're not going to be like, oh, well, we had Damian Williams in week one. We have to go back to him now. I really think that Tyler Algier is going to get the crack to really take this over. Again, led the backfield snaps, routes, tied with the team high on 10 carries, did the most damage with his 10. Tyler Algier did. The only thing he really didn't do was score, and that went to Caleb Huntley. That's why it could be a nightmare, but I'd go Algier first, then Huntley, and then, yeah, Damian Williams, if you can get him for for free, and it's you can stash him at the after-the-fact type of thing. Okay, he could be viable on benches too. But 
Facing Tampa Bay, I don't know that any of them will be immediate must plays. The schedule does soften up for a couple weeks after that, though. Uh, so I think if you need a running back, I would look to Algier over some of the other names you might find on waiver wireless, like Mike Boone. No, thank you. We'll talk about why I'm not in on him. Give me Algier over him for sure. Now, if you don't need an immediate must start type of guy, Isaiah Pacheco at the running back position has as much upside as anybody as a stash. He's seen 10 plus carries twice this year. He's gone over 60 yards in both of them, looking fast, looking decisive, hitting the hole hard. I mean, obviously, you know, the Pacheco complaints sometimes dances a little bit too much, but I think the coaches have really been hammering that away with him because we're just seeing him hit the, the floor out of the cannon and just get up the field chunk play after chunk play. I thought he looked really, really good. He also played only one fewer snaps than Jarek McKinnon, who was the snap leader coming into this week. We saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire kind of take over the backfield a little bit more. We've seen 55% of the snaps, you know, 45 of the 80 did go to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he did nothing but impress. I mean, 22 carries, uh, or 19 carries, rather. Um, so ultimately, it is CEH's backfield in the positive game scripts. But Pacheco made his case, and we don't forget – CEH has had big injury concerns his entire career. This is as healthy and spry and active as he's looked. I'm not going to try to take away anything away from CEH, who everybody wants to sell. And, and I get that narrative too. It's kind of running back three usage and running back one stats. All the guy does is score touchdowns, though. So at a certain point, we just got to accept in this offense, like anomalies will happen. It's a Pat Mahomes high powered attack. I like what CEH is doing. This is no slight on him. But if something does happen, as it has in every single year of his career so far, I think Pacheco would be a very viable running back too. They made Ronald Jones inactive for three straight weeks now because of how much they like this rookie. And the rookie is only impressing and showing why. Big fan of him. I think he has a huge upside as a stash. Now, before we get into our remaining top 10 wave wire pickups and defensive streamers, let me tell you about No House Advantage. They are changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. You can play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and earn points for correct points picks as you climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house in 20 extra entry. Their lines are great. This is off, off the script, but better than the you know. I love prize picks. I love a lot of the other apps we promote. The lines are even softer on No House Advantage. As I've mentioned every single time, we've now had multiple of our signups get $25 bet. $25 match is about to tell you about. They bet the 25 on a five times uh, the 20x entry and getting five right, 500 bucks. Bam, 500 bucks the next night. Bam, like they're crushing it right now. So go get this money, Wolfpack. Uh, so you get 20x if you hit all those five. You can play NFL, NBA, MLB, PJ, MMA, all that stuff. Use promo card RSJ at No House Advantage or download the app in the app stores. Get your first deposit matched up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today. Experience daily fantasy sports redefined. It's not just how you play, also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Check it out, Wolfpack. It's our last week. We want to, again, show that we have some solid partnership abilities. Maybe they re-up with you. That's a huge way you can help us out, Wolfpack. They've been kind to us. They've given us a good deal. So we want to make sure to send as many of you guys out there as you can. And I truly think it's a great app with tons of money up for grabs. So go check them out, Wolfpack. All righty. Back to the waiver wire. Why you're here is more pickups. And a guy I'm not seeing talked about at all that really needs to be is Jamison William, 27% rostered. And while you wait for him, pick up Josh Reynolds. He's going to be a nice bridge that holds you over to one of the most explosive receivers to enter the league in about five years. Let's talk about Reynolds first. Seven catches, eight targets, 81 yards, and a score. Now, no Amon Ross St. Brown, I get that. But this is now three straight weeks of double-digit points, 11.3, 12.6, 17.6 in half PPR leagues. He's got 18 targets across his last two games, a touchdown in two of his last three. He's good. He's got this chemistry dating back to Jared Goff. He's good in the red zone. He's good deep. Josh Reynolds is a player. I like him a lot. And especially if they – I imagine the team might hold out Amon Ross St. Brown for another week, maybe even DJ Chark with that bye week looming. The Patriots not necessarily a – threatening team right now i could see them holding out those receivers once again number one receiver would be josh reynolds i think you'd get another 80 plus yard touchdown type day from this guy he's been nothing but solid but in, once he's once jameson williams comes back though we'll say send you back to josh reynolds because think about how impressive this receiving rookie class is 
Drake London, Olave, George Pickens, Jameson Williams by a lot of people that I respect was scouted as like the most game-breaking, game-changing receiver out of any of these guys once he's fully healthy. The Tyreek Hill of this class, a lot of people compared him to. I mean, freakish speed for the size. We saw it in college football. Nobody wrecked games quite like Jamison Williams. And we're talking, like, the reason you can feel good about it, because like, okay, yeah, he's so talented, but now he's on the lines. This is like the number one scoring offense in the league right now. The worst defense by a country mile, too. What better than that? I mean, if the freaking Seahawks can put up 48 points on this Lions team, anybody can. And the best part is they're answering in in, in uh, every single game. Jared Koff, the number five quarterback in fantasy. Like, this is just going to be the narrative all year. So give me an explosive deep threat that can haul in 150 and two touchdowns with the blink of an eye. I absolutely think Jamison Williams down your stretch run. I, I hyped up Pickens as a potential league winner. I think he's out there for you right now. Go get him. He's going to be that type of guy right from, from here on out. But as soon as Williams takes that field, I'm telling you, this guy is going to be a game breaker. So if you have the patience to be able to stash him, you have some good receivers in front, and you don't need like immediate bi-week plugins, or even better yet, maybe your IR spots, spots open. He can definitely be plugged in there. Maybe Brian Robinson's coming out, and you want someone new to go in there. Love Jamison Williams. think he has as much upside. Like if – uh, a lot of these guys are higher on the list because they're usable, but if you just need sheer upside, uh, he's got as much league winning potential as anybody you're going to find on the waiver wire. He's going to probably be out there for the next few weeks until he comes back and we actually see him, but I cannot wait for him to play. He's the type of guy you want on your bench that just like you can rub your hands and say, okay, what's this guy got here? Maybe it's nothing. I think it's going to be like AJ Brown style blowing up down the stretch for you. So go check out this guy in this juggernaut offense. Now that was picks seven and eight. As mentioned, Kenny Pickett was my number nine. So moving on to number 10, unsexy. I'm talking about like rubbing my hands together, licking my chops, and now we get to Corey Davis. Talk about a buzzkill. But actually, the guy is, is solid. He's got double-digit points in three of his four weeks already this year, and he's got his boy Zach Wilson. I hate it because I love Elijah Moore. I love Garrett Wilson. I want these young guys to be the ones taking over. But dating back to last year, when Zach Wilson's in, Corey Davis is his go-to guy. He scored the most points of any Jets receiver while playing with Zach Wilson last year. And right back to where we left off, seven targets led the team, five catches led the team, 74 yards, and they scored. Both led the team, as did the fantasy points. He's the only receiver Zach Wilson consistently looked towards. Nobody else had more than two catches. 19% target share, solid overall performance from him. You get the Dolphins as a top five matchup for wide receivers coming up this week. I don't love Zach Wilson for really anybody in this offense other than Corey Davis. So I think he's much more viable moving forward with his boy, Zach Wilson back. You need just a, an unsexy, but somebody that's probably going to get you nine to 12 points with the ups. I mean, it's unsexy, but Corey Davis, remember this guy's was the fourth overall pick when he came into the league, like, we've seen game-breaking performances from him. We've also seen him get zero points. So is, of course, you're going to go trust him and he's going to not even see the uh, see a target. That could happen. But I do think Zach Wilson's boy gives you some upside. A bonus pickup, I, we mentioned 48 points from the Seahawks. Geno Smith has been balling this year. I can't believe I'm saying that. But 320 yards, two scores through the air, another nearly 50 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, putting up over 30 fantasy points. He has been genuinely good for fantasy quarterbacks. Number 11 in fantasy points right now. He's outscoring Russell Wilson by nearly three points a game, who's the quarterback 20. The big thing is he's number six in designed rush attempts for quarterbacks right now. 15.6% of the rush attempts going to him. Like There's actually Konami appeal for a guy that's throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They're playing smart too. They're actually targeting those guys over 60% rate across their last two weeks. Great to see them actually use their playmakers nearly the whole time. And maybe the weirdest development of 2022 is the Seahawks are averaging 66 plays across their last two weeks. That's up from 48 plays the first two games. 66 plays per game would be right in the top five. They're running now only the Eagles more in neutral scripts, have a faster pace of play, uh, playing nearly 40% of their snaps with 15 plus seconds. So like they're getting to the line, they're snapping it quick. They are just ripping it up. Those data, of course, uh, from pro football focus as well. So I, I mean, feels gross, but Geno Smith, again, two quarterback leagues, or if you're desperate right now, 
Uh, New Orleans, definitely a tougher matchup coming up this week, but I don't know if it matters with these two weapons, with the rushing upside Again, 18 or more fancy points in three of his four weeks, a top 12 quarterback right now on the season. I, I don't know. I, it's just what year are we in? I don't know, but it's happening. It's happening in Geno Smith's okay. So keep it in mind. Now, a guy that I think a lot of people are going to blow a lot of money on, and maybe they'll be right, but I don't think so, is Mike Boone. Call me bitter because I had him three years ago. We all know the Mike Boone fiasco. Uh, I think it was the fantasy semifinals, maybe even the finals, and he just completely laid a dud. Dalvin Cook was out. Everybody was projecting Boone, who had been a monster after contact and all that stuff, to be a monster, and he had like four carries for six yards and fumbled, and I think he got negative points. It was disgusting. So, yeah, maybe I am a little bitter from these pastimes. Some players just play for you and some don't. Mike Boone doesn't play for me. Uh, even still, though, we saw just the inefficiency coming in this week, especially as a wide receiver. Now, on the ground, he looked good. Three carries, 20 yards, you know, a, a nice, ripe four, 5.66 yards per carry. Like, that, that was good looking. I'll give him that. Uh, but I also did see, you know, 19 snaps compared to 10 for Melvin Gordon. Like, that was a plus, kind of shocking. Although I do think there's a lot more to do with the fumble for Melvin Gordon. Maybe the neck injury was going on as well. So I, I'm not looking into that and be like, Mike Boone's the lead back now. Look, they've already come out and said, like, obviously, was the quote, obviously, Mike Melvin Gordon's going to shoulder the load here. So one, I think we're going to see about 70% of the work go to Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to become a very high-end running back, too, with no Javante Williams He's maybe the best running back backup in the league, and he's going to just come in and be, I think, a top 16-ish running back from here on out. Now, again, Nate, that, that would be the logical thing. And Nathaniel Hackett, we cannot give any type of logical uh, benefit of the doubt here. The guy's a complete and utter moron. So he's going to try to probably force-feed somebody else, and you'd think it would be Mike Boone. They did also, though, just sign Latavius Murray to uh, off the practice squad. I think a lot of people not noting that. Murray looked good this weekend, 11 carries, 57 yards, and a score, churning and churning and churning. I think he might easily. Like This kind of reminds me of like Duke Johnson and, and Carlos Hyde a couple of years ago, where Duke Johnson was a sexy little yards after analytics community darling, and then Carlos Hyde just comes in as a gross plotter and ends up being the one taking all the volume. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Boone go back to a third fiddle role here and Latavius Murray overtake him. Again, yeah, I get that he's got been, you know, a freak athlete. He's been a great guy after contact. During that stretch run for the you know, the Vikings, he had that one dud where I actually used him. But on 49 carries, he had 260 yards and three scores. So he had a couple good games mixed in there. So I shouldn't act like he's a complete and utter nobody. Uh, only seven backs had more yards after contact during those three game spans. I, I get all that. There's some nice underlying analytics to Mike Moon. I just don't buy it. I think they didn't sign Latavius Murray to then have him rot. I, I think Lat Murray is going to be the number two behind Gordon. I think Gordon's going to be the only back that you really want to use anyway. So I'm avoiding this backfield. I'm not super high on it. I guess the only other thing is they do target running backs at the second highest rate behind only the Chargers right now. But Boone also committed two horrendous drops on his three targets. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like the player, clearly. I, I'm not in on Boone. We'll see if he shoves it off me, uh, but I'm not into that. Let's wrap up here with some defensive streamers as you guys are here for, and then we'll hit your mailbag, all the questions you got. So defensive streamers for week five. I've got one that's far and away above the rest of them. I'll give you four like I do every week, but man, this, this team's out there in nearly every league, only 13% rostered. I'd want them. I'm going to be going after them in every league. I think they're going to be a top five play this week in defense. In fact, they're number five in fantasy points for team defenses. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I don't have – hold on one second. I'm going to update this. Uh, week five, I'm going to give you my uh, – I had the week four banner. I forgot to do that. So, we'll back, give me just a handful of seconds here. Jags – I'll just give you all the names. Jags, Dolphins, Vikings, and Titans. All righty. Uh, so tunes, I'm sure you're tuned in. I know you're gonna be cutting this thing up later. Scratch those first few minutes. Let's get back into it. My top four defenses to stream for week five. As I was mentioning, clear cut number one for me at the top. I'm going to spend a few more minutes on these guys than the others because they're out there in all your leagues. I would highly, highly recommend every single one of you look for the Jacksonville Jags. They're fifth right now in points among fantasy defenses, averaging over 11 points per game. Yes, that's buoyed by a huge week two against the Colts where they had five sacks, three interceptions, a shout out. Like they were beasts. 
But guess what? I think this defense is genuinely good right now. Uh, they have the most interceptions in the league at seven. Uh, they are uh, had at least three sacks in three of their four games, four interceptions across their last two games. And the Houston team has allowed exactly that about two. Jags are seven-point home favorites. They're projected to hold this team under 20 points right now. Um, and, and they've been the classic, like, Ben, don't break. 14th in yards allowed, not great, middle of the pack, but fourth in the league in terms of points allowed. Again, very opportunistic, good at not giving up the big plays or the big points, despite letting teams move the ball okay on them. They've been very, very solid at holding them out of the end zone. Six fewest rushing yards allowed. That's the one thing the Texans do well. So the Jags D has been swarming running back so far this year. Um, I guess Miles Sanders had something to say about that last week. But nonetheless, I do think this is the perfect fight. The way they match up against the Texans, everybody matches up well against that pathetic, paltry, winless offense. I think the Jags are going to have a nice like get week two blow up like they had. Not out of the question against an even worse Texans team this week. By far, in a way, my number one defensive streamer of the week, the Jacksonville Jacks. Now, if you miss out on them, I don't hate the Dolphins at all this week. They get Zach Wilson. Remember, Zach Wilson led Jets, allowed the seventh most points to defenses last year, and he picked up right where he left off with two horrendous interceptions, a fumble as well. I think it's just going to be right back to where we started with Zach Wilson. He did look better. He looked more competent, led that game-winning drive against the Steelers. I won't take that away from him, but we saw plenty of the boneheadedness that makes him a great team to target uh, for your defenses. Now, the Miami Dolphins have not been all that great the last few weeks, but let's look at that. Miami faced Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Even with those matchups, they're still coming out at the 13th most uh, points in points per game for defenses. They had that 18-point Beautiful effort against New England. I think this team for the Jets is even worse, even more turnover than that Pats team. So I really like them to get picked off uh, at least once, maybe twice, and maybe even a pick six here for your Dolphins. So big. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. And the fact that they've been bludgeoned by a few really good offensive opponents these last few weeks, it's people down on the Dolphins as a very viable stream. I like the Vikings. They've got six fantasy points or more in every single game. They're, this is the classic. Like This team's not going to lose you the week. They're not going to even get they, – they get above six every week. So you know you can bank on like a nice six to seven, but they're facing the Bears. And good Lord, this team is horrendous. 31st in total offense at under 270 yards per game, 97.5 passing yards per game, under 100. That is just abysmal. No team in the NFC has fewer points per game. Uh, 16 for Justin Fields points per game right now. Uh, and they've also given up the second most sacks in the league, eighth most points to defenses. We saw the giants put up 16 points against them last week. The giants aren't anything special on defense. Neither are the Vikes, but they don't need to be to have a 12 to 15 fantasy point day against this awful, awful bears team. And last and probably not least is the Titans 9% rostered right now. It's become the Carson Wentz, we all know and hate. He is just abysmal. The commanders have combined for 16 points across their last two weeks as Wentz has doo-doo dribbling down his legs the entire time. Uh, this Tennessee Titans defense, not great, but okay, 10 sacks, six forced fumbles, three interceptions. That's not horrible. And Mike Vrabel defenses are always pretty solid. So I like this defense a bit more than your, your typical ones. Uh and again, this is just an absolutely abysmal commander's team. These last few weeks, they've been getting bludgeoned turnovers, sacks. I mean, every time you turn on a, a commander's game, Wentz is rushers in his face and he's going to the ground and it always looks terrible. So I really like this team. Commander's fourth most points allowed to team defenses. Titans, not a great defense, but somebody that can definitely capitalize on the ineptitude of Carson Wentz in this commander's team. So those are my favorite ones. But again, I do want to reemphasize before I get to your questions, definitely the Jags, my top defensive streamer of the week uh, by a long, long mile ahead of these other ones. So go get those Jags this week. All righty, Wolfpack, that wraps up my top 10 waiver wire pickups of the week, my defensive streamers of the week, a few others as well tossed in there for good measure. Let us now hit the mailbag. Thank you again so much for being here and keeping the streak alive is my man, David Campanelli. So great to see you, man. How are we tonight? I am doing, uh, it's panic mode to an uh -oh. extent, one in three in both of my leagues. No, um, David, don't tell me these things. <laughs> but I, I, I just need to do this right now. This is the greatest hate cut week of my life. 
<sighs> I get to smash a Rob out of here. Oh, get him out. I'm, I'm with the hate cut him. I've um, seen enough. I'm done with it. The locker room needs the message <coughs> sent. Send exactly. it now, David. Send it. So here's my Do question. It. Send me a video of you doing it. I want, <laughs> I want to feel your like the oh, catharsis of cutting. I wish we had flip phones shit. where we could like slam the flip phone down yeah. after again. <laughs> but Love th- it. Th- this is a predicament I'm in currently because I have uh, Schultz as my tight end in a standard league. Mm-hmm. But we get points for first downs and not uh, – we get additional points for first downs. And I've ridden the Schultz train for two weeks at two goose eggs. Yeah, bad. <laughs> Am I crazy wanting to hold out f- with him for Dak and running – holding Schultz on my bench and dropping like a Mariota for him? Oh, get or, rid of Mariota. Yeah, fuck Mariota. Or, or uh, yeah. do I cut <laughs> – do I cut Schultz for like a Hayden Hurst or like a, a Conklin? So I would – I think the answer here is you keep Schultz, but you keep him on the bench until Dak's back. He's Dak's boy. I mean he had over 20% targets last year, was a tight end five in fantasy. He's Dak's boy. And and even though Gallup's back, that's not going to change. We're going to probably see 18 to 20% target share as soon as he's back uh, in the fray. So I don't think you can trust him with Cooper Rush. That's clear. It's not his guy. CeeDee Lamb just gets locked in on. And it's been great for him. Obviously horrendous for Dalton Schultz. You can't trust him till Dak's back, but he is well worth holding on to. He was a top five tight end coming into the year for a reason. I do not cut him. I would, I mean, Mariota, why would we ever hold that bag of shit? Get rid of him. Cut <laughs> Mariota. I do like whether it's Hayden Hurst as your potential streamer, whether it's, I like Conklin. I like both those guys. I'd probably go Conklin first. He had 50 yards even with Zach Wilson back. Um, although you're standard league, so touchdowns are reign supreme in that and Hayden Hurst is definitely a big touchdown threat in that offense so I might even lean him I don't know the matchups off the top of my head right now um but I would definitely drop Mariota get rid of that bum and and keep Schultz he's gonna pay off for you down the stretch on one of those two guys do you have the matchups ready right there oh yeah I have them actually so Hayden Hurst is playing Baltimore and Conklin versus Miami yeah the Hayden Hurst revenge game narrative Oh man, I kind of want to lean there. Um, so yeah, I, I think Hayden Hurst in a standard league, I might actually have a little bit above Conklin, who's been getting a ton of targets. Love to see it, but I think Hayden Hurst is a better bet for the end zone. So, so this uh, is a super flex league. Uh, and, fuck Mariota, <laughs> and I have Stafford as my QB two as my super flex right now. And now, if I moving Hayden Hurst in and keeping Schultz. And I'm hate cutting a Rob for Isaiah McKenzie. Yes, do that. I need Geno Smith, and I don't know what to do anymore. I like Geno Smith. I like Geno Smith way more than Marcus Mariota. So yes. then, would you cut like a um, like a a Pollard or a a Dotson to grab Geno if I'm gonna put in the waiver for McKenzie? Mm. Ah man, that does make things tougher. Um, I'd probably rather have McKenzie. I don't know. I might actually just not go for McKenzie then. I might just cut, hey, cut A-Rob. Dotson's going to be out a week or two, but I just still love that talent. I mean, the guy is so good. And that's where I McKenzie, I'm. like, yeah, he's good too, but what if Shakir thrives this week and he's out? And I, I just feel better about Dotson's long-term tail than I do that. So I do like getting Geno. I do in a super flex. Um, but I, I wouldn't cut Dotson. I wouldn't. Yeah. And Pollard's too much upside to cut too. So I, I appreciate it, Wolf. Thank you. And keep up the great work. So absolutely. And no super chats yet. Yeah. Cheers, man. I appreciate it. Always love seeing you, David. Um, alrighty, Wolfpack. Well, we'll get to your questions now. Thanks again. If any of you else want to call in and chat, always love to see you guys on here. I have Javante and JT in two of four. What a sad week. That is brutal bulldog. I'm sorry to hear it. Tough injuries. At least you know you're going to get JT back. But Javante, prayers up. Pour one out for him. Um, season never really got started, and now it's already over. Sucks for him. Lost Cordero Patterson, but I do have Algier. At least you have the backup there, Denny. I don't think you're going to be able to get CPAT stats out of Algier, but I think he's the next best thing on that team for you uh, and probably the top. Unless there's, again, I think Mostert, Hines would be my number one plugins for the right now, but Algier is the next running back up. Uh, if you don't have those guys, Jeff Wilson and Brian Robinson for Gabe Davis and Jerry Judy. I won, right? I think so, Cody. I mean, again, trades always come down to what your team was like. Did you have good running back depth? Did you need the wide receivers? 
I'm not in love with Judy, but I did like the plays he made this week. I do like the idea of buying low on Daddy Davis. I, I know he's been shitty, but I'm going to chalk a lot of it up to the ankle. He just hasn't looked fully himself. I, I think once he gets fully right, he's been running more routes than anybody in that Bills offense. So I could see him getting it right. Um, I don't hate the deal, but I really like what Jeff Wilson's doing. And, and Eli Mitchell's still a good six, seven weeks away. I like, I'm very excited to see what Brian Robinson does. So I can't sit here and hammer you're a winner in this trade. I like the theory behind it. I, again, I love the buy low on Davis. I think it works out well, but I love what I've seen from Wilson. I'm very excited to see what Brian Robinson does. So this isn't a clear win to me. It's not a loss either, but it's not a clear win in my opinion. Hey, Wolf, hope you're well. Thank you, Giuseppe. I hope you're well too. Fed up with Stafford. Yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit, isn't he? Um, none of these guys are great, but I think Gino is honestly the best. Um, or Kenny Pickett. Now, Pickett's got the hardest type of matchup coming up this week against the Bills. So I don't think you can play Pickett yet. I don't think, as I mentioned in the waiver stream, I do like him on the bench. Um, but you don't play him over Stafford. I don't know Stafford's matchup this week. I I get the, the how we're fed up with Stafford, but he's the bad games have come against really good defenses. It's still Sean McVay. It's still Cooper Cup there. I don't think A-Rob's going to ever bail this guy out at this point. But I, I'm not I'm not crumbling on Stafford yet. I've just The guy's been too good for his career. McVay's been too good. I'm not tossing in the towel yet. Um, if you want to pick up another backup like Pickett or Geno to just have in there to kind of create a little locker room pressure for him, okay, I, I, I'm fine with that, yeah. But I'm not done with him yet. Could be benchable. But I'm not cutting him. Not for those guys, at least. Still believe Deontay Johnson, wide receiver two, should be. I mean, the Mike Tomlin slot receiver roles averaged 140 targets or more across like 11 straight years, Ethan Pugh. But Pickett's tendency to just chuck it down the field, it might eat into that a little bit to the point that Deontay becomes more of a wide receiver three. I think he's so talented. I love Deontay. So I imagine he steadies out as a wide receiver two. Him and Pickett figure it out. Um, but I do think Pickens is on the rise, and and I think those two, the gap is certainly going to be a lot closer, and I would not be shocked if Pickens actually overtakes him at some point. We'll see. Stafford benchable? I do think so. Not for Mariota. Mariota had three points this week. Let's let's remind you that Mariota threw the ball seven times and had three fantasy points. I will never go back to the Mariota well. I'm so mad at myself for even trying it this week. That's the hate cut that I, I'm so excited to do tonight. Uh, I don't know how why I have it. The first thing I did when I woke up should have been hate cut him. I mean, belonged with my morning dump, that fucking bag of shit. Screw Mariota. Uh, so, no, you're not benching Stafford for Mariota. Maybe Gino. <laughs> That's also crazy. It depends on the matchup. Hurts, uh, obviously, you're never benching. But, yeah, Gino versus Stafford, I think you can rotate those matchups. Like, was one facing the Lions? You're going to play them. Uh, I, I think Stafford is, again, like I was saying to, to Giuseppe, I uh, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. He's too good. McVay's too good. I think it's going to be all right. Uh, tell Ben Thompson to use his waiver on Jags defense, not Algier. I I never like using the number one claim on a defense, but if it's like the eighth claim, okay. I'm a big fan of the Jags defense this week, Eggs. I really am. Uh, JT and Javante out need running back help. Tough, tough bid there, Russell. Uh, two, Ramondre, Raheem, Hines, Algier, Mike Boone. Like I said, I'm not in on the Boone thing. It's not for me. I, I love Ramondre. You're absolutely the, the best one on this list. If he's out in the waiver wire, go get him. He should be ahead of every single player I've talked about tonight, Ramondre. Um, and I think I'd, this week I'd rather have Hines than anybody else on this list. Now, Raheem down the stretch, fit, you know, 72% of the snaps, like he probably has the most stable workload of the rest of these guys. But if it's just a two-week stream, it's Ramondre, then it's Hines, and that will get you to JT at least uh, is how I look at it. Do we think Gabe? I do think he bounces back, Ethan. Again, out there for more snaps than any other receiver there. Uh, he hasn't been healthy. I don't know that he's going to ever bounce back to the level that I, like, I thought he was going to be a league winner. But I have much more faith in him bouncing back than motherfucking A Rob. So <laughs> I guess it's a pretty low bar. But I do think Davis will be better. Dennis Stephen L. Is it worth dropping any of Akers, Herbert, Montgomery, Garrett Wilson, Lazard, Michael Thomas for either Algier, Boone? Corey Davis, nah. I think all those other guys are ahead of everybody else you mentioned. Akers, maybe, but not for Algier Boone. I, I'm not. I'm not into Boone. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not into it. The most intriguing guy you mentioned there is Robinson, but he's still hypothetical, and it might be a three-headed nightmare all year. In which case, he's not that good either. 
Um, Lazard entering last week might have been the guy you could cut, and then he goes and has you know eight targets, ten targets, whatever it was, 119 yards. Like can't cut him now. So no, I, I don't think any of those guys you cut, Stephen. I, I think those guys are all better. Four and zero picked up Godwin. I can't believe he's out there for you, but hell yeah, let's go, Chris. Uh, let's friggin' go. Um, first year guy, yeah. So that those are one of the first year type of rookie mistakes. You can't you can't be doing that. Um, glad to hear a, a faithful of the summer though, Chris. At least somebody's killing it from the Wolfpack. I know a, guy, a lot of you guys have a Rob, and I'm I'm going to continue to apologize. I, I couldn't have been more wrong on him. I thought it was the easiest layup in the world. Friggin' elite talent for so long with such bad quarterback play finally gets a good quarterback. I guess a Rob really was washed. I, I can't believe how bad that one ended up being. Mackenzie or Gallup, full PPR. I, I prefer Gallup. Love them both, Gerard, but it has to be one. It's Gallup for me. Um, just a clearer path to steadier volume. I like Mackenzie's role, but he, again, splitting slot snaps with Crowder. I know he's hurt now, but if Shakir comes in, has a big day, now we're again back to a rotation in the slot. Give me Gallup, who I do think emerges as the clear-cut number two uh, when all said and done there. My man, Jack, doing my job for me. Smash that like button. I thank you for that. If you're still here, getting your questions answered, tuning in. We'll pass. If you haven't already, it does truly help us get out to more people. And smash that sub button if you're new here and you want to be here for the rest of the live shows. Be so appreciated. Turn that bell on. Oh, yeah. Bulldog. Had Brady to a Danny Dimes and a Superflex. How much to spend on Teddy Bridge? Thanks and always thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up. I agree. Uh, I don't know. I don't think – I like Teddy. It gets you back to Tua. I think – I mean, he made some nice throws to Tyreek. Uh, is he that much more valuable than Danny Dimes? Who's running touchdown after touchdown right now. Maybe, maybe a little bit, but I, I'd have to look, I don't know Bridgewater's schedule enough. He just wasn't on my radar uh, as a, as a pickup. So I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't be spending much. I'll tell you that. I'd rather have Gino. <laughs> I can't, I still can't believe that, but I would. Uh, Tien Nguyen. Welcome back. Good to see you. Who deflects Stevenson, Mike Williams, Godwin. Whew, a lot of good options here. I Mike Williams will depend on Keenan's status. He gets the Broncos, tougher matchup. I'd like to see God. I love the nine targets for Godwin. I'd like to still give him another week. This comes down to Alave or Marquise Brown for me. Marquise Brown's the wide receiver six in fantasy. Till, till Hopkins is back. I don't think he's going on any of my benches now. I gotta go Marquise Brown. He is thriving right now. I mean, 11 and 17 targets in back-to-back weeks. Woo. Going Marquise. Wide receiver to start for Steven. Uh, Godwin, Bateman, Wilson, Samuel, or Mike Thomas if he's ready to go. I don't think Bateman's going to play. I think he's out. Uh, Steven, I don't know the matchups off the top of my head. That's a, that's a Thursday question, my man. Um, right now, looking at that list, I kind of like Godwin. But I'd have to uh, – we have to, one, see if Mike Thomas is back, and two, got to double-check the matchups for you. Um, really need a D to put a claim on Jax. Yeah, I'm in for Jax. Um, I would rather have him than Corey Davis, but not white. Rashad white is what I'd want. Absolutely. Glad I picked up Gino last week. Now two out Denny. That was an absolute brilliant play. Well done. If you used him, especially for or Mixon rest of season. I think I'm leaning Mixon, Jonathan, uh, just with Rashad white starting to thrive. I'm going to go with Mixon, who's more of the uh, – I know P. Ryan's there too, but I like Mixon just a little bit more, just a little bit, very close. Gallup rest of the season, I talked about him earlier, Victor. Just rewind it, big into him. I think we're going to see like top 25, top 30 potential numbers. Wilson, Mostert, or Akers? Uh, Jeff Wilson, baby. I'm going all day, all day Jeff Wilson. He's – Jeff Wilson's a stud. <laughs> He's back though. He really does look like that explosive guy that was putting up running back one totals two seasons ago. Led the team in rushing yards and touchdowns. We're going to do it again this year. I'm into it. Uh, drop Davis for Godwin? Yeah, actually, probably. Rest of the season, I'd rather have Godwin. Um, just a much better track record there. Should I trade Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon for DK, Judy, ETN? Uh, ETN sucks. So it comes down to like DK or Judy. I wouldn't do that, no. Um, yeah, I, I can't look at your whole team, so I got to get these questions done. Drop a Rob for either Jacoby, Bob Woods. Uh, drop, yeah, drop him. Get, get fucking rid of him. Uh, out of them, full PPR. I wouldn't be shocked to see Hunter Renfro have a nice rebound. I know he's been hurt, but I, I, this offense seems to be getting their groove, and I could see him coming back to a nice target share. 
It'd be him or Jacoby for me, I think. Kamari for Najee, what you think? Says Mr. Curly Wolf. Uh, I'm worried about Kamara. I'm just like, he kind of has those vibes that I'm not getting it back together. Now you, you could sell him and then bam, 10 catches and 20 carries. And it's like Kamara's back. But I, I'd rather almost see what Najee does with Pickett now. How much fab do I drop on Algier and Boone? 93 left. Not a huge fan of either of them, first, as I talked about earlier. I think maybe 15 bucks on Algier. I think Boone's the fool's goal of this week. I'm not into him. Very close to hate cutting Claypool. My question to you, Todd, and great to see you. Why not? What are we waiting for? <laughs> Pickens is the guy. Get rid of his ass. Full PPR. Gerald Everett drop. Well, I love Gerald Everett. I don't know. I think, in, especially in the red zone, he's the guy. Like, I'd rather have Everett over any of those other ones, um, David. I'm sticking that out. Even when Keenan's back, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think that red zone role will remain consistent. Should I ride Jacobs on sheer volume? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 89% of the snaps last week. Like the reason to be concerned with him was the committee we saw through three weeks. They completely abandoned it and what did Jacobs do, but running back one of the week. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm there. Jacobs all day. Uh, we just answered that one for you already. What's up with Waller? I mean, he's a piece of shit. All these tight ends, all of them suck. Uh, yeah, he's killing us all, Denny. I don't know. It's Devonta Adams seeing 15 targets, and that's about it. Uh, tell Dan Heggs to pound sand and remind him that he caused Brady and Giselle's divorce because he trashes the Patriots with every walking breath. Dan, why did you cause the divorce of the best couple on earth? I'm sad. And Bailey Zapp of fantasy. I'll fucking take that. I actually think Bailey Zapp, for what it's worth, in two QB leagues, facing Detroit. I could see a three-touchdown day from Bailey Zapp. Don't come on now, baby. Let's go, Bailey. Trade A-Rob for a case of Oktoberfest. You got the deal of the century. I mean, that's way more than he he's worth. The Colts being bad, should I be shopping JT? I would rather have JT than Dobbins. I, I'm not, if that's how low JT's price is, consider me a buyer. I'm not shopping him. I, I mean, he's still one of the best running backs in the game. Like, this Colts team will figure it out. I, think enough for him to be running back one at least most playable between boone huntley or white this week um i'm missing swift oh man this is getting ugly i think the most playable might be white against atlanta i mean already again 40 ish percent of the snaps goal line work was majority his so he's got that against a bad atlanta team what if that role goes up because they're killing them so they they gets him some more burn plus you got the upside of white like, out of all those guys to roster, White's the best, and he's probably the most usable. Uh, just a lot lot more to him, in my opinion. Should I trade DK for Kyle Pitts and Godwin? I have Higby already. I mean, you don't need Kyle Pitts. Can you can you sneak something else in there? I almost like DK for Godwin straight up. Like, I, I just love Godwin. Although DK really is rebat. Like, DK might be a top 12 guy the rest of the year, the way the, the paying with place and, you know, the way he's getting targeted. So, no, I probably wouldn't do that. Because you have Higby, you're probably not going to use Godwin, who's just fucking ass. So, uh, I don't think I'd do that. Maybe maybe Pitts bounce back, but I'm, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Consider me out. Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Olave, or Dobbins for this week? Without knowing the exact matchups, it depends on Keenan Allen's status. Let's say he's back. I go Kirk and Olave, I think. Drop Elijah Moore for Pickens? Yeah, I would. I'd rather have... I'd rather have Pickens at this point whole team took off last week i need a tight end <laughs> i hope that means you took off like they blasted off but my guess is they actually didn't show up knowing that kamara was already out for you jeremiah uh disley or logan thomas i think i like logan thomas i mean disley does have 11 or more in three straight game three out four games rather he is a guy in the red zone they really trust but i don't know thomas has gotten done far more regularly in my opinion so i think i'm leaning him very slightly they're, they're not far off um, should I trade DJ Moore for Devonta Smith? The only issue is I have AJ Brown already. If I have Devonta Smith, I do see that issue, but I, I want to get rid of Moore for anything I can. I think Smith is way better to have in fantasy right now. It is tricky to have both those guys out. There's ever offense to have multiple weapons. Eagles is definitely one of them that's viable, but I don't love that. I don't. Uh, Dotson or Renfro? Dotson, I really like the kid. You're welcome, Denny. Thanks, as always, for being here. 
I do want to do a first quarter of the, the season awards, David. Um, we'll have to see how the schedule is playing out. Um, if it's going to happen, it'd be tomorrow. But there's I'm trying to get the merch done. There's, there's a lot of moving pieces right now. Um, so I cannot promise it. What might be more likely is there's a new best ball tournament, the resurrection tournament on underdog. Maybe we get some big best ball and we kind of hand out awards while we do a draft. That's probably more likely than like a really actually structured type of thing. Um, that'd be fun getting baked with the truth and, and talking about the season so far. So I'd set it at like a 55, 60% chance, but definitely a lot to, to get done there and at school right now too. So we will see. Wolfpack, thank you again so much for being here. On your way out, if you haven't already, please consider that thumbs up button. Subscribe if you haven't already. It would be greatly appreciated. Your support, though, means the world. All these waiver wire stuff articles will be at rosaryjournal.com the day after the podcast. will be there if you have to miss the stream. But, of course, love to have you here live with us, asking your questions, interacting with us. So greatly appreciated. So thanks again, Wolfpack. In that world for the fancy sheep, be the wolf. Later, guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.